We're going to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 31 in your Bibles tonight, 2 Chronicles 31. While you're turning over there, I want to read this note that I have real quick to you. Thinking of you is one of my favorite things to do. Dear church family, Ron and I want to thank you for all the love that has been shown to us since January the 15th. Thank you for all the delicious food and well wishes, but especially thank you for all the prayers. We know those prayers are the reason Ron had such a good outcome. I am not much of a crier, Miss Lee says, but I was so overwhelmed with all the love shown to us during Ron's surgery, I cried. Miss Lee, come on. I was just thinking about your mama the other day. I sure do miss her. I'm telling you, she was serious. Anyway, thank you. Thank you all so much for everything. We love you all. We love y'all, Kaufmans. I'm so thankful you're doing well, Brother Ron. You, you, look, you look good. Well, as good as you can, you know, but you, you do look good. We're very thankful that things went the way that they did. Man, you get blood, blood pumping through your body, it make you, it'll make you feel a lot better. And I'm, I'm so very, very thankful. So very, very thankful that went, went well. <clears throat> Second Chronicles 31, are you there? Let's stand for the reading of the Word of God. <clears throat> I'm excited about tonight. Is everybody happy? I mean, I hear there was some ball game today or something, didn't turn out like everybody thought it might wanted to have it turn out and you know and I'm sorry about that but Jesus is still on the throne yeah. absolutely so no matter who wins uh, what when how where you know God is still in control of everything so we can't let that spoil tonight can we we don't want to do that oh no 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 God has something for us tonight second chronicles 31 look at verse number one <clears throat> Now, when all this was finished, all Israel that were present went out to the cities of Judah. Let me stop right there. They'd been in the feast of the Passover. It had went so well that they extended a week. Now, there was revival. I mean, they had revival. It was like, man, we're having this feast and it went so well. It's like, whoo, let's do this another week. Well, we need a revival or two like that around here. Amen. Absolutely, I like it. So when all that was finished, okay, let me, let me start over then. Now, when all this was finished, all Israel that were present went out to the cities of Judah and break the images in pieces and cut down. Am I not on, Brother Joe? Technical difficulties always begin with the pastor. <clears throat> okay, I'm not going to start over. I'll remember where I'm at now. Right there in the middle. And threw down the high places and the altars out of Judah and Benjamin and Ephraim also in Manasseh until they had utterly destroyed them all. Then all the children of Israel returned, every man to his possession, into their own cities. And Hezekiah appointed the course of the priest and the Levites after their courses, every man according to his service, the priest and the Levites for burnt offerings and for peace offerings to minister and to give thanks and to praise in the gates of the tents of the Lord. He appointed also the king's portion of his substance for burnt offerings to wit for the morning and evening burnt offerings and the burnt offerings for the Sabbath and for the new moons and for the set feast as it is written in the law of the Lord. Moreover, he commanded the people that dwell in Jerusalem to give the portion of the priest and the Levites that they might be encouraged in the law of the Lord. 
And as soon as the commandment came abroad, the children of Israel bought in abundance the first fruits of corn, wine, and oil, and honey, and of all the increase of the field, and the tithe of all things brought they in abundantly. And concerning the children of Israel and Judah that dwelt in the cities of Judah, they also brought in the tithe of oxen and sheep, and the tithe of holy things, which were consecrated unto the Lord their God, and laid them by heaps. In the third month, they began to lay the foundation of the heaps and finished them in the seventh month. And when Hezekiah and the princes came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned with the priest and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah, the chief priest of the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have left plenty. For the Lord hath blessed his people, and that which is left is this great store. Now leave your Bible open there, because we're going to venture on down into the chapter just a little bit. As uh, I try to preach this subject, moving ahead in 2022. We want to move ahead, right? We don't want to be stuck. So let's pray and we'll, we'll get started. <clears throat> Father, thank you for the blessings um, of being here tonight and the folks that are here and the good spirit in this place. And now we just ask your blessing upon your word that you would do only what you can do. Speak to hearts and help us, we pray, please, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing, and please do be seated. Pardon me. In 2 Kings chapter 18, we have the story of Hezekiah being appointed the king of Judah. Hezekiah was a king who wanted to do things that were pleasing to the Lord. He was a good king. And so he began a process of spiritual cleanup. Now, now I like this. He began a process of spiritual cleanup. Now, he's a good king. He's not the priest, but he's a good king, godly man. And so he begins a process of spiritual cleanup. That's where we need to start. Spiritual cleanup. Anyway, he destroyed the high places where the heathen worshipped. He destroyed the images that they were worshipping. Also, even the brazen serpent that God had them create in the wilderness to look to uh, because of a a worry of of perhaps maybe making a habit to worship it instead of the God who gave it to them. We're not to worship the blessings of God. I'll say it again. We're not to worship the blessings of God, but the God that gave us the blessings. Anytime we worship the blessings more than the blessor, we have made them into idols and God hates idolatry. And so we're not supposed to do that. And then Hezekiah went on to restore the temple worship and the Passover uh, and work to get things back in order where they should have been all along. So after the people observed the Passover, they realized that the idols in the land needed to be destroyed. And although they had been destroyed in Jerusalem, they now went on to destroy all, the, all of the idols in all of the land of Judah. They, they said, man, this is revival. Man, God is, God is blessed. We're doing wonderful. We need to get things out of the way that would hinder us from worshiping God the way that we should worship God. The Passover seemed to be, this Passover observance seemed to be like a revival to these folks. I mean, they had remembered what God had done for them by delivering them from the iron bondage of Egypt 
how God had protected them because of the blood of one pure lamb uh, being shed and applied to their doorpost there in Egypt. How the death angel, when he saw the blood, passed over their houses and went on to kill the firstborn of those that had not been obedient to listen to the Lord and apply the blood to the doorpost. And the remembrance brought such excitement. I love this. And the remembrance of that brought such excitement. The celebration of the Passover was extended for an extra week because the people were experiencing revival. It's like, boy, we have a great God. Come on, I mean it, man. Oh, no, I mean it went through this place. Boy, we have a great God. Isn't it amazing what he has done for us in the past? Isn't it amazing what he is doing for us now? Folks, I'm telling you, we never need to lose sight of what God has done and what God is doing. And those times that we feel like God may not be moving in our life, we need to look back to what God has done. You say, preacher, I just don't have that far to look back. I'm telling you, if you have that place to look back to where you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have a real good place to look to. And that should, no, 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 that should excite us just as much or more than anything to think that we have been saved by the grace of God. All of our sin has been forgiven. Our name is written in heaven. We have a place mm, a place prepared, reserved for us when we leave this life. Hallelujah to God. And it should keep us excited about the things of God. No, no, it should keep us looking unto God and excited about what He has done and what He is doing in our lives. You could say with this group that they, well, you could say it this way, they got right with God. I don't know, it was time to get everything out of their life and everything out of the country that would hinder them from worshiping God the way that they should. They got right with God and a revival was taking place in the hearts of the people. boy in my years of evangelism we traveled in a lot of places saw a lot of good meetings we were in a lot of different camp meetings in such environment where there's a lot of excitement uh, uh, that that may not be always uh, seen in a regular church service just a different type of setting and all of those things and I'm I, I I I, I like that stuff. It's okay. It excites me when other people get excited about the things of God. But I am telling you, ladies and gentlemen, it is so very important that we have the excitement of the Lord right here in our heart. No, no, whether it comes through our mouth or on into our hands or whatever the case may be, that we have the excitement of God right here in our heart, that, 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 that we know that God is working. I mean, we see, no, no, throughout the day, as we, as we get into our Bible and as we pray and as we walk through the day asking God to guide us, that we, that we have the excitement of God right here, that we know that He is with us, that we know that He is working in our life for our good, that we can see His hand on our family and we can see see his hand in our job and we can see his hand in parts of our life where we never dreamed he could work before it is very very important that we have our heart in such a way that God is always working right here working here so under Hezekiah now the temple has been cleansed uh, worship services are revived uh, the Passover has been given its proper place Once again, and now you have Hezekiah wanting to complete the job of the temple worship. He he wants to set things back in order. And in this chapter, he reestablishes the course of service that the priests and the Levites were to do as a way of maintaining order and worship in the temple. There was a desire to upgrade and to make the repairs in the temple as a way of uh, to honor and to glorify God. 
<clears throat> Let's stop for just a little application here. I believe we at Riverside Baptist Church, we need a fresh vision of God and a revival in our hearts. And we, were, we need to remember what God has done for us and how he saved our soul and how he called us to pick up our cross daily and to follow him. And we need to be, real, uh, we need to be willing to get rid of the idols in our lives and put Christ back on the throne of our heart. Uh, we need a fresh awakening of how important the house of God truly is and to be proving it to others by our involvement in keeping the house of God in good order. Uh, someone said this, those that sincerely set themselves against sin will set themselves against all sin. That's a good quote. I'm going to say it again then. Those that sincerely set themselves against sin will set themselves against all sin. <clears throat> We have to be careful about choosing our sin, don't we? Oh, preacher, I'd never do this and this and this. Well, good, but what about this or this or this? I, I mean, if we're going to, no, 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 no. If we're, if we're going to set our hearts against sin, we should set it against all sin, shouldn't we? I mean, it's important. That we see things the way that God sees things. And, and that we want our heart to be pure before God. And, and we want everything that God would want done in our lives done. So they're destroying all, these, uh, all of these idols. And then the leftovers of idolatry were abolished also. Verse, verse 1 there, it says, Now when all, all this was finished, all Israel that were present went out to the cities of Judah and break down and break the images in pieces and cut down the groves and threw down the high places and altars out of, uh, out of all Judah and Benjamin and Ephraim also Manasseh until they had utterly destroyed them all. Then all the children of Israel returned, every man to his possession in their own cities. So they got rid of them all. Look, we, we must get things out of our lives that we seem to put first before God. Now, preacher, it's not like I got any carved images at my house. We don't have to have that to have idolatry. Anything we place before God is idolatry. Anything that becomes more important than God is idolatry. I'm talking about, no, no, no. What, what, keeps, what, what is it that keeps you from spending time with him? Uh, what, what draw in your life is so strong that it pulls you away from church activities? It's idolatry. No, no, whatever it might be, it's idolatry. Because God needs to have first place in every part of our life. In every part of our life. Oh, oh, sure. No, no, no. I understand. Well, you know, I've gotten rid of, okay, great. You've gotten rid of some things along the way and that's all good. That's all well, but what have you held on to? Or what is it that you put down for a while and now you picked it back up? What, what is it that's keeping you from being what God would have you to be and doing what God would have you to do? It's idolatry. It's an idol in your life. Anything that we put before God is an idol and it becomes idolatry. And we know that God hates idolatry. 
And so we have to check ourselves out, make sure that these things are cleaned up. And maybe this year, maybe this year, maybe this needs to be the year that you abolish the idolatry, please get this, that you abolish the idolatry of self and move on to who God would have you to be. I I think one of the biggest idols that we have is self. We worship ourselves. What do you mean, preacher? We do what we want to do no matter what God says. Doesn't matter what the Word of God says. Doesn't matter what the people of God are doing. Doesn't matter which way the church is headed. This is the way I want to live my life. And we become our own God. No, no, no. I mean, it's, it's with the idol of self. I am more important and I make better decisions than God does. You might as well have a idol in your living room. Asking it. I'm pretty sure that those idols that they built out of wood or whatever they were and carved them and painted them and put metal on them and all these different things, those ones that they built themselves with their own hands and then went and asked them questions, I'm pretty sure that those idols probably gave them the answers they wanted instead of the answers they needed. And I truly believe that if, if we're not careful and we make an idol of self that boy to take us down a dark road won't it sure it will and then the priest and the levites were put back to work talks about that in verse number two ministering praying staying busy in the work of god and hezekiah being the good king he was wanted to make sure that they were supplied all their need verse number three he appointed also the king's portion of the substance for the burnt offerings to wit for the morning and evening burnt offerings the burnt offerings for the sabbath for the new moons for the set feast it is written as it is written in the law of the lord excuse me so he wanted to make sure that all of their supply uh, needs were supplied but i like this because it, it started with the leader It started with Hezekiah. No, he led by example. And his gifts were especially devoted to the maintenance of sacrificial worship. To to keep the work of God going. To make sure the work of God kept moving forward. Going the way that it should go. Uh, Let me say here that I should, as the pastor, never ask you to give unless I'm doing the same or even more. As the leader as an example and miss pam and i we try we try really hard to be a good example in that area we do we strive to do that prayerfully do that and let me say this and we're blessed to be able to do so we're blessed i'm telling you she'd tell you i'd tell you we're blessed to be able to do so we want to do that we want to lead be a be an example in that way so thinking about hezekiah taking that into account in the course of one year that would mean he gave 1,100 lambs, 113 bullocks, uh, 37 rams, and 30 goats, besides the need for vast quantities of flour and oil and wine for the meat and drink offerings. So he was very generous in his giving, being the leader along the way to show I'm going to give and encourage others to give. What are you getting at, preacher? You know, it takes resources to do things around here to keep the work of God moving forward. You know that. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. It takes resources. I mean, look how big this building is. 
It's a, and I'm telling you, the longer we're here, the bigger it gets, it seems. It just keeps on getting bigger and bigger as we go on trying to completely get it all done. So we need to continually be doing upkeep, and we do that week after week, and repairs uh, to the house of God, and we do that week after week. And, and at the same time, be giving that we might continue having compassion, making a difference. Because this isn't just about having a beautiful, comfortable place to meet, which we do have a beautiful, comfortable place to meet. But this is about having some place that others can come that we can help them to find him and live for him. That's what this place is all about. Truly. That's what it's supposed to be about. And if we were in Africa in a mud hut, it'd still be about the same thing about trying to keep it in good repair where people could come and have a place to sit, hear the word of God and, and uh, come to know Christ and all those, all those things. Making a difference in spreading the gospel right here and around the globe as we work out of this place that God has given us. And it starts with the leader giving. And then the people are to give too. It's what it says in verse number four. Moreover, he commanded the people that dwelt in Jerusalem to give the portion of the priest and the Levites that they might be encouraged in the law of the Lord. So they were to give that the priest's needs would be met. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter number nine, verse 13, the Bible says this, do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live at the gospel. <clears throat> we know this, that God's men are taken care of by the offerings of the people. It's the way that it's supposed to be, the way that God intended for it to be. And let me just say it right, right quick here. That's done at Riverside Baptist Church. And I'm thankful. I never, I never, I'd never want to be unthankful for that. We're very thankful to all who give that we might be about God's business. We're very, very thankful for that. I remind staff fairly often that we are, we are able to do what we do because of the generous giving of the people of Riverside Baptist Church. And I can't thank you enough for that, that we're able to do those things. But I know this, that the church's attitude about giving to the work of God says a lot about what we think of the gospel. Because again, full circle, it's all about getting the gospel out. It's, come on, it's all about running the buses, bringing people in. It's all about going out there and knocking on doors and inviting people in. It's all about spreading the gospel around the town, whether through tracts or witnessing, however we might do that. I'm telling you, it's all about reaching out. And, 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 and the people's attitude in the church, the church itself, their attitude about giving to the work of God, it says a lot about what we think of the gospel. We want to help people. We want to see people saved. We want to see people discipled. We want to see people growing in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We want to see God grow people up and call people into his service. We want to see great and mighty things happen here out of Riverside Baptist Church. And uh, I'm thankful for the way that that we operate here and the, 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 the generous spirit, giving spirit around here because a pastor shouldn't always have to be concerned about finances. I mean, he'd rather, it'd be better if he's just encouraging the work of studying and praying and preaching, moving forward with things such as that. 
But also our attitude about how the house of God looks and what we think about God's house says a lot about God's people, doesn't it? I've been in a lot of churches across the United States of America and there are ones that you can tell the people are very thankful for what God has done in their lives and in their, in their congregation and there's ones you wonder if they care at all what's going on in that house week after week. I'm not trying to be ugly. Just stating a fact. I'm telling you, we've been in some places where it was like, we pull up and it's like, is this where they meet? I'm thankful that from the time that we moved in this place, before we ever moved in this place, the work started and has continued to bring it to the way that it looks now, inside and out. We're busy, busy all the time. I'm very, very thankful, very thankful for that. This is God's house, truly. This all belongs to God, and things should be in good shape and done well to the glory of God. And as we've tried to fix things and make things nice and all, I've learned that it's not always good to buy the cheapest you can find. You really do, in a lot of cases, get what you pay for. And I don't think there's any need to be extravagant. I, 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 I voice that a lot. But we cannot always afford to go bargain basement either. We try to do the best we can with what we have and what God has given us prayerfully, prayerfully, because God is very good to supply the need as we will hear in just a little while tonight. <clears throat> so these folks, now as I see this, these folks got revival. The leader got revival. And they begin to bring in the necessary funds to restore the order uh, of worship, the worship of God. And they gave in, I like this. As a pastor, it makes me smile. They gave in heaps. 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 There's a lot of times I'll go back to the ushers before we, before we head down, before they head down the aisle to, 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 for the offering, take up the offering and and I'll tell them they're standing there holding that offering plate. And I'll say, hey, you need to fill that up tonight. <laughs> and usually we do. I'm very thankful. I'm certainly not griping about what, how people give around here. But they gave in heaps. Heaps. No, no, look at verse number five. And as soon as the commandment came abroad, the children of Israel brought in abundance of the first fruits of corn and wine and oil and honey and all of the increase of the field. And the tide of all things brought they in abundantly. And concerning the children of Israel and Judah that dwelt in the cities of Judah, they also brought in the tithe of oxen and sheep and the tithe of holy things, which were consecrated unto the Lord and laid them by heaps. I like it. Once the temple was restored, worship is going, sacrifices are being made, revival's taking place, leadership is leading by example, and people begin to give in heaps. And that word heaps there is a word that means pile upon pile. Pile upon pile. So they stacked it up. They stacked it up in their giving. Okay, I can have a good time with this all by myself. It's fine. It's okay. They stacked it up. A, a church a church that has heaps giving is a church that God's going to bless. He's going to bless a church like that. Without a doubt. And they, they, they gave to the point as to where it became systematic. 
What do you mean, preacher? Well, it wasn't something that they did just every once in a while. It was consistent. They were consistent in their giving, continue to give and continue to give. No, it wasn't like they looked at it and went, well, boy, it looks like they got plenty. I think I'll just back off. Oh, no, 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 no. They were consistent. Can you continue to bring in their tithes and offerings and all these things? 1 Corinthians 16, 2 says, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings, uh, be no gatherings when I come. Heaps giving is more, heaps giving is more than the tithe. It's more than a tithe. It's, it's piling stuff on top of stuff and then watching God bless because of that, because of our willingness to do, to do so. If you study giving really, giving really in the Old Testament after the tithe and the offering, it would be many times, uh, it, would, it, would, it would many times go to 30%. That scares some of you to death, doesn't it? <laughs> But it would. No, if you study it out, many times it'd go to 30%. And we have to remember this. Whatever God would have us to give, we cannot outgive God. It's not going to happen. Malachi 3.8, will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. And ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. The robbing of God was not just a failure to give the tithe, but also the failure to give other offerings. Uh, okay, let's say it like this. Heaps giving is revival giving. They gave and they gave faithfully. Faithfully. Look at verse number seven. In the third month, they began to lay the foundation of the heaps and finished them in the seventh month. Look on down to verse number 12. And brought in the offerings and the tithes and the dedicated things faithfully. Over which uh, uh, Conaniah the Levite was ruler and Shimei his brother. What was the next? Um, if we are not faithful in our giving, something somewhere will have to be left undone. But to give in heaps where there's something there to work with at all times, you have to be systematic and you have to be faithful. Just continue to give the way that God would have you to give. And so they were doing all these things and we have to look at what, what took place. Look at verse number 10 again. We read it, but look at verse number 10 again. And Ezra, the chief priest of the house of Zadok, answered him and said, since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat. And we had left plenty. And for the Lord hath blessed his people. Did you get that part? You might, under, uh, you might want to underline that part. Uh, okay, I'm going to start over then. And Azariah, the chief priest of the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have left plenty. So things have been maintained in the house of the Lord. It goes on. For the Lord hath blessed his people. Well, why did he bless his people? Because they'd been giving the way that God would have them to give. Just the way that God would have them to give. Come on. I, I'd say it all the time. I don't want you to give one dime more than what God would have you to give, but I don't want you to give one dime less either. Give the way that God would have you to give. It goes on, and that which is left is this great store. And so there was, there was a lot there. All the needs were met with even some left over. 
And God continued to bless. We read verse 12 there and brought in the offerings and the tithes and dedicated things faithfully over which uh, Conaniah the Levite was ruler and Shimei his brother was the next. Look on down to verse number 14. And Kor the son of Imna the Levite the porter toward the east was over the freewill offerings of God to distribute the oblations of the Lord and the most holy things. And on down to verse number 20. And thus did Hezekiah throughout all Judah and wrought that which was good and right and truth before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God and in the law and in the commandments to seek his God, he did it with all his heart and prospered and prospered. <clears throat> I believe this. I believe that if every member of Riverside Baptist Church would just faithfully tithe, no doubt needs would be met. Because that's God's system. That's the way He, that's the way he works. He's the way He's chosen to work. But that's not the case. What do you mean, preacher? Well, some don't tithe. Some don't. Well, you've been looking at giving records? I don't look at giving records. I don't do that. It's just better that I don't do that. So I have somebody who handles all the finances. I don't know who gives what, when, where, or how. I don't. I don't. But I do ask questions about giving at times. Not, not necessarily of certain people, just how it's going. Things like, is, is everybody tithing? Well, why do you do something like that? You're just, you know, you just, you just, you, all you worry about is the money then? Well, heavens to Betsy. No, not at all. I'm worried about people being blessed because they're doing what God would have them to do. And I got to know how to pray. Come on, I got to know how to pray for the congregation. Asking God to help people to do what God would have them to do. Come on, because God's going to be the one that blesses them. I'm not going to, I, Brother Rick, I can't bless them, but I know God can bless them if they'll just do what God wants them to do. I know that. So, no, it's not just all about the money, that's for sure. But I want people to realize that they're beating themselves out of a blessing if they're not tithing. And truly, they're putting a heavier load on, on others to do more. However, those that are dedicated to see the work of God go forward have no problem tithing and even giving above that for missions and their mission giving and giving above that for the glory of God. And I'm thankful for that. But it'd be great to have everyone aboard, wouldn't it? Everybody. Just having it in heaps. I can't help but smile when I think about that. Sorry. In heaps. <clears throat> Since I've been here, and even with the purchase of the building and everything, I've always tried to keep a good pad in the back so if we have problems that, 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 that something happens, that we financial emergency, we can take care of things like that. It makes me sleep better. No, really, it, it does. You know, when I'm looking at a $9,000 building payment every month, I mean, it's good to have some things stored up in a storehouse. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Absolutely so. 
And, and I'm not saying, I'm, no, 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 I'm not. I'm just part of that giving. I mean, you are the ones that give so that we can do that. But we, 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 we be, it's good that we're wise with our money, isn't it? And, and it's good when, 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 when tithes and offerings and missions and all this comes in and, and we're doing things and we can have a little bit left. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Several years ago, I kind of introduced a plan, and I want to introduce that plan to an extent. I want to just call it the moving ahead plan. I, 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 several years ago, I challenged the church to give e- each week. I challenged to give above tithes and above missions offering into the building fund, a moving ahead fund. And it's really something many did back during that time, and several have continued to do so even throughout the years. My wife and I, we try to give faithfully to that because we know that there's a need there. So as your pastor, I'm asking you to be prayerful and to prayerfully give a little extra each week that will go into these moving ahead funds. Well, pastor, it's not like I could do a whole lot. You don't have to, you don't have to do a whole lot. Little is much when God is in it. And if everybody's just doing what they feel like God would have them to do, we probably have some heaps around here. Uh, I believe God would touch people's hearts like that. And that we could continue to move ahead. And remodel those things that need to be done. We're going to talk about that in a business meeting. We've thank God for it. And to repair things that may need to be repaired. We have two great big air units still up on our roof that are old. Very old. And uh, even if those two just went out at one time, that's over $30,000 just to replace those. So it's nice to think that there would be money there that we could just keep moving forward, keep fixing things up, keep, keep, just, keep, just keep this place, just keep going along the way. Update vehicles that need to be updated. We, we purchased a new bus that we put into operation today. Hallelujah. Very thankful. But we need to buy another one. Come on, we do want to go get people and bring them in here, right? Sure we do. We want people to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And some of them are not ever going to come into this building unless we go out there and get them and bring them in here. And although there's a lot of churches today that are shutting down their bus ministries, I want, to get, make us to, I want ours to be that much stronger. I want to continue to go out there and try to find those folks and bring them in. But it takes money and I'd certainly want to encourage anybody that does not tithe to start tithing but even if you choose even if you're here and you don't tithe and you choose that you're not going to tithe I'm going to ask you to determine to give every week to this offering God loves a cheerful giver Because if we're going to continue to move ahead, we can do it better and more efficiently with everyone involved. 
Let me back up just a minute and, and, and I'm right done. It's going to start with a revived heart. Getting things out of your life that don't need to be there. Getting idols out of your life that don't need to be there. Putting God first in everything that you do. That's where it's going to start. Where your money is, there will your heart be also. What the Bible says. So are we revived and ready to make 2022 a great year? Are there spiritual matters that you need to take care of even tonight and you know that you need to take care of? Spiritual matters. Because truly my first and, my first and great concern about of Riverside Baptist Church, people that are here, is your spiritual walk. Your walk with God. Is it where it needs to be? Or are there things that need to be taken care of? And we're going to have an invitation here in just, just a moment. And I'm going to ask you to come and I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask you to come and to pray at the altar tonight. I'm going to ask you to come and pray. Whether you're praying about your giving or whether you're praying about your spiritual walk. Given to the moving head offering, that's between you and God, whatever you, you need to pray about. But determined to get more involved this year. And it's going to start with a little talk with the Lord. And I want people to be in tune with Him. Because I know that's where the blessings are going to come from. Having compassion. Making a difference. In our serving, in our going, in our giving. Making a difference. Moving ahead in 2022. Let's stand. Stand with me, would you? Our heads are bowed. I don't want you to think that this message was all about giving because it was not all about giving. It starts with the heart. Where is your heart tonight? What is it that needs to be taken care of in your life? Spiritually. First and foremost. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to pray in a moment. We're not have lifting our hands. God knows the heart. I'm going to pray here in just a moment. But I'm going to ask you to come to the altar. Whether you come to pray about what God would have you to give. Whether you come to pray about sin in your life. Or your spiritual walk. Or whatever the case may be. I'm going to ask you to, to come to the altar and pray. Make an altar where you are in your seat. I'm going to ask you to spend at least a little time talking to God during invitation tonight. Heavenly Father, thank you for the examples in the, that we have in the Bible. And I am very thankful, Lord, that once we decide to put you first 
in everything that we do in our life. It's amazing how you work and how you seem to uh, guide us in a way that um, maybe necessarily we wouldn't go if there were still idols in the way. Whether it's serving, having compassion on others, reaching out to others, or whether it's giving. And I really have no idea how you may have spoken to hearts tonight. I don't know the spiritual condition of your people, but you do. And I've tried my best tonight just to say what you would have me to say. So we ask now, Lord, that you would deal with hearts, with folks. And that folks would come and they would, they would, they would consider you and, and they would, they would, uh, they would, they would uh, ask you what needs to happen in their life first and foremost and then how that they might be able to give to help the work of God go forward. Whatever needs to happen these next few minutes, Lord, we pray that it will honor and glorify you in the end and we'll thank you for what you accomplished for we ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Piano's going to play. Many have already come to the altar. Maybe you need to come or maybe you need to make an altar where you are why don't you decide to do something different this year something different in your walk with God something different to draw closer to Him getting things out of your life that you know need to be out of your life getting things out of the way what, what God would have you to give in the way of giving He will direct that also Why don't you just spend a minute or two and ask him what needs to happen. Yielding to him. Asking him for the help you need to do what you should do. Would you let him have his way?